Hello everyone, Ivan Ottinger from EnglishTheSmartWay.com here. I'm really happy to be able to share with you a new episode of English The Smart Way podcast. Today we are having a very special guest. His real name is Jason R. Lavine, but his students of English language probably know him better as Fluency MC. Jason hasn't been English teacher for whole of his life. He's started his career as a DJ and then transitioned into this completely new teaching path. Basically, Jace connected his passion for music and rap with English teaching. So as you will hear on the interview, Jace doesn't rely on traditional teaching methods only, but instead he developed his own approach to help his students acquire English fluency. These days, Jace is not just an English teacher, but also a successful teacher-trainer, so-called knowledge entertainer and creator of the English workout method, which you will learn more about on the interview. Jace has also taught English and given workshops in 14 countries over the past 18 years, taught people of all ages and cultures, from children and teenagers to university students, and executives of international companies. He's currently doing uh, so-called Rhyme on Time student workshops at schools across Europe. Jace also coaches and trains non-native English speaker teachers online and at schools worldwide. So, without further ado, here is Jace from Fluency MC. Enjoy! So, uh, hello Jace and welcome to the show. Hi, Ivan. Great to be here. Tell us a bit about you. You know, how did you get to English teaching? Let's see. Uh, I was in New York City, and I working a bit in the music business. I had left graduate school, mm-hmm. where I was doing a, a doctorate in, in psychology. Mm-hmm. And I decided... I didn't want to do that. Uh, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Uh, I was interested definitely in in education, and I had Mm -hmm. been for a while. And uh, my cousin uh, got me a job uh, teaching a a group of adults, young adults mainly, from Central and South America, Mm -hmm. uh, English, uh, in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. And uh, I liked it immediately, so uh, I kept, kept going from there. Mm-hmm. So you, you started uh, teaching adults, yeah, English. Yes, yeah, adolescents uh, and adults, and that's that's mainly s- since then. And this is back in nineteen ninety eight, nineteen ninety seven, nineteen ninety eight. Since then, I've taught different ages, uh, but but mainly adolescents and adults. Oh yeah, and so so you mentioned that uh, so you did a PhD in in, uh, in psychology, right? I was in a PhD program, but ah, not for very long. Ah, <laughs> no, I did. Right. So, no, I did. <laughs> but uh, you know, have you? So, uh, did you get any experience, like from psych- psychology point of view, uh, into e- teaching English, or it was completely like uh, you know different? Oh no, there's a lot of overlap. I mean, when I was in college doing my bachelor's degree in psychology, I was oh. focusing a lot on on education, and mm-hmm. I was interested in particularly in identity development in adolescence. Mm-hmm. That, that's what I was hoping to, planning to focus on uh, in, in graduate school. And also in college, I took 
a couple of linguistics courses. Uh, yeah. I was interested in in language learning for sure as well. So um, some ideas you got from you know, your studies, your studies of psychology, you started applying into teaching English, right? Or... Yeah, yeah, and that's I think why um, I got so passionate about about language teaching because I realized it was this wonderful window into all these things I'd, I'd already been interested in mm. how young people learn and how it affects their identity and how oh. identity development affects learning and mm. then I got very interested in in second language acquisition I hadn't studied that before I really found interesting that uh, you connected music rap and, and singing with uh, English teaching and what has inspired you to you know to put all of these together I was uh, teaching and training teachers I was teaching um, foreign students students studying on uh, student visas in New York and New Jersey mm-hmm. uh, you know coming for short periods sometimes uh, preparing to apply to universities in the states and also train teachers from from other countries in, in New York and a couple of things happened at the same time one was at my, my students although they were in the US mm-hmm. uh, and taking many hours of English class a week still were not getting enough uh, exposure to you know the target language that Yeah. They wanted to learn, and I wanted them to learn, uh, so that they could develop accurate and fluid use of this language. I mean, they were they were in the states, but they, you know, outside of class, mm. were not getting enough comprehensible input, and certainly not enough repetitive practice with comprehensible input in the classroom. Uh, we were doing some of this, but it was more the communicative approach of sort of discussing. Mm-hmm. opinions and ideas which is really interesting but they work they weren't getting enough practice uh, and by that I mean you know repetitive practice of mm-hmm. you know hearing uh, hearing and reading uh, and repeating the the types of the the language they really needed uh, for obvious reasons because that's unnatural and boring in most of most ways that we, we try to do this yeah. then at the same time I was training teachers how to write their own songs i was i was doing a program for korean teachers from korea mm-hmm. who are interested in in using songs in the classroom so uh with my students i realized they needed a way to get repetitive exposure and practice to to target language and uh songs were a great way to do this and then training teachers i discovered that they were less interested in learning how to make their own songs and much more interested in how to use songs that I started making. And I started making the songs for my students because I mm-hmm. thought this might be a way to help them get that practice. Mm-hmm. And the reason for doing it with hip hop is because I grew up with this music. I was a hip hop DJ and also, you know, chanting, uh, you know, there are chants already out there, Carolyn Graham and others who've made you know, chants for, for, for language learning. Uh, so chants are, you know, very, it's very similar to, to rap and, and mm-hmm. hip hop. And so and I'm, I'm not a singer. I'm, I'm definitely a, a music, a music guy, but not a singer. And uh, rap is something I knew. And so that's, that's why I did it. 
and then after starting with rap, realizing a lot of uh, addi- additional benefits of using of using rap music uh, so quickly. Uh, if you, if you want to ask me about these, we can talk about them. But quickly, mm-hmm. those would be the fact that hip hop is more rhythmic than yeah. than other pop music, so it it follows. It, it's more similar to the natural stress patterns of conversation, oral discourse, uh, more than a melodic pop song, for oh. example. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, rap music is is international, and I was teaching students from countries all around the world, so this was something they all knew and had in common when there wasn't always so much they had in common with uh, differences in their, their cultures and so forth. Uh, and finally, hip-hop was something they were really curious about because I was a DJ and because we were yeah. in, New, in New York City, in New Jersey, you know, where this, the culture was so strong. Uh, so, yeah, so they, they liked the first song I, I wrote and so I started, started making more. More songs, and then you started uploading them, yeah, on the internet, and yeah, yes, yeah. so I wrote the f- the first song I wrote for my students was "Stick Stuck Stuck," a song to learn irregular verbs, and I wrote that I think 2007, and then in mm-hmm. 2010, so it was two years later, two and a half years later, when I um, put it up as a video. Huh, interesting. And you mentioned, uh, you know, chance, right? English chants. Could you please uh, tell us more about it? What, what, what does it mean? Mm-hmm. So it's different from rapping, yeah. But uh... well, a chant, a chant is really compared to a song. It's it's just focusing on the rhythm. The the music is it, it's shorter. The music is not as doesn't play as much of a of a role as mm-hmm. what you're saying. And it's it, the the word, I guess. I mean, it's sort of it's sort of a somewhere between a poem and a song. Mm, so if you're mm-hmm. if you're reading a poem uh, that follows a certain rhythmic pattern, oh. and if it has rhyme, then and you're putting a little more music into it, then it, it's sort of a chant. That's the best way to think about oh, a chant. Right. Yeah. So uh, after the success with the, the the first song, you started recording more and more songs yeah, and uh, sharing it with your uh, with your students yes yes and had lucky that uh to be doing this at a time when i could share them on youtube and get them out there and find out what people liked and get a wider audience yeah all right and uh so you know uh, your website uh, says that you are a knowledge entertainer so uh, it is related to what we were just, just talking about right so you use music, you know, rapping. And could you please maybe um, tell us, you know, like uh, describe how does the lesson with, uh, with with rapping look like? Well, it it would it looks exactly I think like any any lesson where you use a song. I mean, I guess in my case, if I'm teaching myself in a classroom, uh, then you know I'm using. I'm using my song for whatever reason I'm using it. It could be to introduce vocabulary, grammar, or an idea. It could be to review it. It could be to recycle some things. It could be um, the main part of the lesson. It could be a smaller part of the lesson. It could be something they're doing at home. So any way that, you know, I happen to be the person that's making those songs, but teachers who use my songs 
uh, would would use them the same way they would use any song uh, mm. in the classroom. So to focus on, it, it, you know, could be uh, reading practice, writing practice, speaking practice, a combination of everything. Obviously, listening practice, but um, you know, I don't. I don't teach only through songs. I mean, now mm -hmm. I do mm -hmm. workshops with students, and so the main focus is the songs. Mm -hmm. But certainly mm -hmm. if I had my, my own class, uh, I don't anymore. But if I did, I, I, I wouldn't be teaching only with music. Yeah. I, never, I never did. It was always something I did to, to supplement everything else. Yeah. And I think that's, that's what uh, you know, most teachers do with songs or, or videos. And, yeah, so... Um... What's the advantage of uh, using, uh, I mean, music in general and uh, and rapping? Because, you know, you mentioned that there is like a pattern and uh, there is some rhythm in it. So how how it it helps people to, for example, mm -hmm. be more fluent and so on? Well, I think, I think more than, there, there are many, there are many advantages of using music and then some that are maybe more specific to, to rap. Uh, I think number one, by far, is the fact that if we like a song, we naturally want to repeat it. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is something that people don't talk about that much because it's something we take for granted. It seems so obvious. But when you think about this as a language teacher or as a language learner, it's really important because almost nothing else is natural to repeat the same way. So, for mm -hmm. example... You know, if if we if we really like a movie, mm -hmm. uh, we might watch it again, but not the same day. Oh yeah. Uh, if we really like a, a magazine article, we're probably not going to read it again. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's possible. If we really like a song, we listen to it sometimes. You know, immediately after. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so there's really nothing like that. Uh, and then when you factor in that songs have rhythm and rhyme, mm -hmm. you know, so do some, so do poems and stories sometimes, but they don't, you know, unless you're listening to someone tell the story or read the poem, again, that's not usually so natural. You're not going to get uh, exposed to, to it for, for listening skills. Then the rhythm and rhyme serve to help us remember the vocabulary and grammar. So we all know that experience of getting a song stuck in your head and mm -hmm. rem remembering, remembering vocabulary and grammar more, whether we, we don't usually think about it as vocabulary and grammar, mm -hmm. but um, remembering the, that, that discourse, uh, that content uh, much more easily and for longer, uh, sometimes forever, when it's in a song and and that's mm. the power that rhythm and, and rhyme have mm. for for remembering um language yeah. and then then with hip with hip-hop i mentioned earlier uh, because it's it's closer to how we naturally speak in conversation it's much more rhythmic not not melodic it just means that you know now, rap songs that are already out there, like you know, people that make hip-hop music, yeah. rap music, uh, this is a little more complicated because 
they may switch the stress around. They're obviously going to use, you know, vocabulary and grammar structures that may not be <laughs> what the students need to practice. Yeah. And, and this is a also um, was enormously important in in motivating me to make songs. Was that you know, hip hop music that was out there? It was, it was interesting for for students, you know, mm-hmm. to from a cultural perspective and. You know, if they liked it, to try to figure out what it meant. But you know, hip hop English is not the same as general English. And what my students needed to practice was English for tests and you know, university yeah. jobs. Yeah. Uh, so, pop songs in general and hip hop in particular do not contain the kind of target language that yeah. the students really needed to get repetitive practice with. Mm-hmm. So that so that's a big reason why I started to to write songs because you know a textbook might have a song that you know is closer to what the students need you know it's practicing with language from the unit yeah uh, or so, but in almost every case my students found those songs you know childish or boring usually mm-hmm. both yeah. so so to sum up my my objective was to make songs uh, with music that students would like songs they'd naturally want to repeat that had contextualized, you know, the target language they needed in, you know, with high frequency collocations, very functional language in songs that they would want to repeat and then make videos that they would want to repeat. Um, And using hip hop because that's the music I loved the most and knew the most, but also for the reasons I just mentioned of how I think it even more than a pop song, um, it helps promote accuracy and fluency across yeah. all four skills. Oh yeah, so so you, you took the best from um, the rap music and uh, the songs that are, you know, in uh, maybe in textbooks, and you created something something new with uh, with all the things that were missing from you know rap music and uh, the textbooks. Yeah, songs, for example. Yeah, that's what inspired me, and I think I think I'm doing it. I think I can always get better at it. Um, and, but I think, um, yeah, that's 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 my my goal. Yeah, right. I, I never realized, you know, that the songs are such a great uh, material for getting better in English. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I, I, when I write a song, I, I I spend a long time focusing on uh, what what language to put in the songs. I mean, they're, they're, I, I'm motivated to write a song starting from, you know, I'm going to write a song about countable and uncountable nouns, or I'm going to write a song about, you know, vocabulary for a business meeting. Yeah. So, so that, that's how I, that's how I start. Uh, mm-hmm. So everything comes, you know, so if there are, you know, messages in there or humor and, you know, that, that comes after it, it comes f- first and foremost from, you know, what is a need the students have for, for target language they need practice with? Mm. And how can, I, how can I put that in a song so that they're going to get that practice? Yeah, interesting. Huh. And, uh, yeah, so uh, my question would be, my, my next question would be, why do you think that so many people have problems acquiring fluency? It's a great question. And, you know, until recently... It was much harder for me to answer, uh, and the reason is not because of something I discovered. But uh, I I wrote a blog post uh, 
a few months ago where I asked colleagues of mine and uh, 34 people in total what mm -hmm. they thought was the most important thing to achieve fluency. Mm -hmm. And so the, the article's talking about tips for achieving fluency with the idea being, as you said, that you know so many people don't achieve it. Yeah. And there are many great ideas there, but one that stands out is from a colleague, a friend and colleague of mine, mm -hmm. Chuck Sandys. Mm -hmm. And Chuck Sandy said, uh, and I quote, practice builds accuracy, accuracy builds confidence, and confidence builds fluency. Mm -hmm. And this moment I read that, everything just connected for me. And it was really exciting to have you know, that, that feeling uh, after so many years <laughs> doing what I'm doing. So it, it really resonated with me because it's, it's what I'm trying to do. So let me go back. Practice, practice builds accuracy. So for example, I'll use music. So when you repeat a song many times, mm -hmm. then you become more accurate in terms of understanding it, in terms of uh, your pronunciation in terms of the grammatical accuracy. Mm -hmm. So, for example, um, talking the other day about uh, in my people my age know uh, everybody knows the song by Lionel Richie. Uh, uh, Hello, is it me you're looking for? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so just you know, is it me you're looking for? You know, most people my age have that uh, sentence. You know, yeah. it's a interrogative sentence, a yes, no question with the verb to be. It's the present progressive. <laughs> uh, it's the, you know, it's the verb plus preposition looking for, right? It, it, without thinking about it, you have that forever. Yeah. You have that accuracy. Um, and if you're able to sing it or say it quickly, that's fluency. And the reason you're able to, to use it quickly you know, to understand it quickly, use it quickly, is because you're confident, because you have yeah. the accuracy that comes from the practice. Yeah. So it's it's the exposure and practice that builds the accuracy. And then how do you feel if your English is accurate? You feel confident. Yeah. You know, and this mm -hmm. does not mean, you know, it's all about being perfect or not making mistakes. It's nothing like this. You know, because all of this needs to be done through pleasure or you're not going to be motivated. So it's the pleasure of knowing something accurately, of having that, and being then confident to to use it. And I I noticed this. I'll just tell you a quick story. Personally, mm -hmm. for the first time, when I was focusing my students on on learning collocations, which is what my songs are based on, uh, and I and, so, and I realized. Uh, could you please sorry? maybe maybe explain what what is a collocation? Because yes, I think yes. many people don't know. Sure. So, for example, collocation is words that go together with high frequency. They, they chunk together. So, for example, if I say stop, you might think bus stop or stop smoking mm -hmm. or, you know, please stop. Like, which words go with stop? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and these can be very fixed idioms or, or they can just be, you know, words we often use, like, you know, make breakfast, yeah. for example. So, so those are collocations, and you, you know them when you've 
been exposed to them enough times, yeah, uh, then you 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 just naturally you have them. So, you know, most students that I had were struggling because they weren't getting enough repetitive practice with mm-hmm. them, but they knew them from songs and commercials mm-hmm. and felt much more confident, you know, with them in that way. And I, so that's why what, what Chuck said about practice builds accuracy, accuracy builds confidence, confidence builds fluency. You know, for example, I had a student where I said the word always in during class and mm-hmm. she said Coca-Cola mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. quickly. <laughs> and because always Coca-Cola is a, it's not a natural collocation, but it was in commercials that yeah. she was hearing and, and, and seeing on the bus. And, you know, what I'm trying to do in my songs is give students so uh, so much exposure to these collocations that they have them naturally and in their brains, that's the, you know, through the practice. Yeah. And if they have them, then they feel confident and will use them, and that's the fluency. So to, back to your question, I think... Most people, are, if we define fluency as being able to, you know, express what we want to express, yeah. uh, of course, with some mistakes, understand what we want to understand, uh, not, not everything perfectly. But if to have fluency in this way, confidence is absolutely key. And most people don't have that confidence. They're struggling to, you know, study so much and they're worrying so much about, you know, how good their English is, how bad their English is. Yeah. I think if we follow Chuck's model... And we do a lot of repetitive practice with interesting, engaging material, you know, watching, listening to music, watching videos, reading, reading things for pleasure. Then we will naturally get to fluency via the confidence that comes from, from accuracy. And that comes from all of the exposures, Mm -hmm. the practice. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. I really, really like that. And you know, I, I uh, went to your webinar you had a few weeks ago and uh, you talked about uh, about an interesting idea. And it was the difference between uh, studying, practicing and using English. Mm. Could we maybe talk about, about this more? Yes. No, thank you for asking. And it, it connects directly with what uh, your last question and what I said mm-hmm. about accuracy and fluency. Uh, and, and why so many people struggle to achieve fluency. So most time that learners spend on English or other languages, but we're talking about English here, uh, it, the time they spend is learning about the language. Mm-hmm. And what I mean when I say learning about, this is, you know, reading a grammar explanation. This is uh, looking at a list of vocabulary. Sometimes it's really interesting stuff that's shared in social media. So, you know, a meme, an infographic, you know, some, some really clear, maybe even funny uh, explanation of something about English. Yeah. The most, you know, traditional thing would be, you know, material in a textbook. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they are trying to understand or remember. So to me, this is not practice because this is more trying to understand it, study it. Now, if you take that, for example, information in a uh, in a chart, let's say, you know, let's take a very easy example. So you know, make make and do collocations. So we have, oh, you know, okay. make make money, make a profit, make the bed make noise and then we have do laundry 
you know, do a good yeah. deed, do your best. So this is all great stuff. You know, the learner, the student wants that in his or her brain yeah. to be able to, to be able to use it <laughs> correctly. Yeah. So how, yeah, accurately and fluently, how do we get from A to B? How do we get from studying, from learning about the language, this, this great list of vocabulary to using it mm -hmm. in, in real situations? So what's missing is practice. Mm -hmm. And when I say practice, I do not mean, you know, talking with a conversation partner. Talking with somebody in English is, in the way I'm explaining this difference, using English. Mm -hmm. So once again, we're talking about the difference between learning about English, practicing English, and using English. Yeah. So many people feel if they study enough, in other words, learn about English enough, then they can go out and use it. Yeah. Or they can use it in the classroom, so in an activity. Because I would say a classroom activity is also using English. If it's a communicative activity, you know, yeah. uh, creating a dialogue or, or doing something where you're using what you've learned. Mm. The problem is usually you haven't learned it. Mm. And what I, what I mean is it's not in your head to, to just use naturally, mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. use with accuracy, to use with fluency. And that's because you haven't repeated it enough. You haven't read it enough times. You haven't heard it enough times. You haven't said it enough times. And early on in this interview, I mentioned what inspired me is my students were not getting enough repetitive practice, but repetitive practice is usually boring mm -hmm. uh, or stressful, not contextualized. You know, we're just going to repeat, make and do collocations over and over again or with flashcards. Yeah. So that's not motivating for most people and it's not going to help. Um, so, yeah, so... The missing piece, you know, so let's say students who who are able to be fluent and accurate and use English when they go to a store or uh, at a party or in a business meeting, in almost every case, those students have had more practice, whether the practice comes mm -hmm. from songs, reading, uh, movies. So this is what I mean by practice mm -hmm. uh, and, and getting repeated exposure to the language that they need and want to use. Yeah. So I have a song called Make or Do. So, you know, that song, I've seen many, many people listen repeatedly to that song and watch the video repeatedly and then are able to use the language from the song with high accuracy and fluency, mm. whether, it's, whether it's in an activity in the classroom where they're applying it or it's in a real-life situation. Yeah, because I have practiced it uh, enough times, like listened to it like, uh, you know, 100 times and then it's... it's <laughs> yeah, it's... And, and usually because they want to. Yeah. I mean, this actually happened the other day. A student in... Uh, I have an online practice program called the, the English Workout and a student in, in our Facebook group from that, that program, you know, in a, in, a, in a chat we were having in our Facebook group, he just came out with a, a, a sentence naturally that was from a song of mine mm -hmm. and and he knew it was too i mean he, he put it there and then he's like oh yeah that's from your song. you know so so that's that's for me the the ultimate goal is yeah. you know you're and it, it doesn't have to come from my song come from another song come from a movie come from reading 
but it, it comes when you need it, to, when you're using English. So let's say you're in a job interview and uh, you know, you've, you've gotten so much practice with specific uh, expression or sentence that it just automatically comes when you want it to. That, that's, that's what we're, we're trying for. Interesting, interesting. And uh, so all of your experience, yeah, so you, ha you had with your students and, uh, you know, from your, your studies and everything you put together and uh, you use all of this to teach students uh, your workshops, right? Yeah, well, I do, I do a few different things and I'll just quickly tell you and then if you want to ask me, yeah, one thing sure, I do sure. is... I go to uh, mainly middle schools and high schools, sometimes uh, primary schools, sometimes universities, and do uh, workshops with students where we practice with my songs and videos uh, in big groups, usually uh, between 100 and, and 300 students. Mm -hmm. I also do teacher training, uh, more traditional teacher development workshops and also things related directly to to my work with my songs um, mm -hmm. and my materials. And I also have an online speaking and listening program called the Weekly English Workout. I just mm -hmm. mentioned that. So I have uh, students who uh, I teach through social media, through a live class I have every Sunday, and through videos that I make for, for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So those those are the three things that I concentrate on. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. So uh, you know the workshops you do do like those are like offline uh, workshops. You do you go to school right, and uh, there you teach uh, students with your methods right. Yes, I do it in schools, but I've also started doing them online a little bit. Not not mm -hmm. for big groups, but for mm -hmm. smaller groups uh, in my in the virtual classroom. Mm -hmm. But yeah, almost always mm -hmm. it's it's offline. It's it's going into a school and doing it. Oh uh, yeah, so there are like uh, you mentioned 300 people. Yeah, some for example. Yeah, and yeah. Sometimes it's that big. And you meet there, and you um, maybe could you please describe in, in in a brief, you know, how does the workshop look like? Mm -hmm. So uh, I usually, we're in a theater, uh, sometimes a, a really large classroom if it's a small group, but usually uh, a, a theater uh, at the school, sometimes in, in the town, mm -hmm. uh, so not in the school, but you know near the school. And uh, I sh have a screen, I show slides and videos and, and play music through a sound system and engage the students in practice with, with the songs and the videos mm -hmm. and also humor, joking with them, giving them the opportunity to experience the mm. materials that I have live because before I come, usually they are using my songs and videos, sometimes in a structured way in their lessons, sometimes they've just seen, seen my videos mm, yeah. before I come. And then also afterwards, you know, my goal is to, to inspire them so that afterwards they're also... They're, they're following what I'm doing and, and using my materials, but also I hope have, have feeling more confident to go online in general and, and, and listen to music and, and yeah. uh, watch music videos in English mm. uh, as a result of, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of the experience they had at the workshop. Mm. So, so you, you try to not just teach them English, but also to um, change their mindset so they can 
so they know that they can use different ways to get better in English, right? Definitely, definitely, yeah. Yeah, perfect. And, uh, you know, I think the most of uh, the, the listeners, I think the most would be interested in uh, your online teachings and online courses. So maybe if you could uh, tell us a bit more about your English workout, yeah? Yeah, great, great, I'd love to. So the weekly English workout has three uh, components. So one is when you join, you receive uh, what we call video workouts. Mm -hmm. So they are not live videos. They're videos you can watch anytime. Mm -hmm. and, but they are videos I create only for students in this program. So they are not like my YouTube videos. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. These are uh, videos that include authentic conversations that I made with, with actors. So live Uh, I mean, live, I mean, you know, we're, we're in yeah. coffee shops, we're on the street. Yeah. So it's practice with conversational English. Uh, and then we, we watch those conversations. And then I explain a little bit, but the main thing is practice. So we do repetitive practice, you know, with rhythm. Uh, we uh, do chants, practice with songs and chants I've written to that use the language. Mm -hmm. And those video workouts, when you join the program, you receive them uh, for four weeks. Uh, every other day you get materials and exercises, uh, audio exercises and PDFs and everything. That's, that's all on my website. So that's, that's one part of the program. The other, the second part is uh, a private Facebook group that is only for students in the program. So it's mm. completely different from other places. Maybe people might've seen me because I'm on Facebook a lot in mm. different groups. Uh, so it's, it's different in the sense that I'm right there and I have a lot of teacher friends that are right there to help directly with any question, yeah. uh, any, any comment, anything all the time. Uh, so it's very, it's, it's very, we're very responsive. Plus I put in every day a different, we have different themes for different days. Uh, so we have music Monday, trivia Tuesday. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we have different, <laughs> different uh, activities and things we do in that Facebook group. And the third thing is the live class, which is every Sunday. And I should mention that the Facebook group and the live classes are once once you join, you you have these forever. It's lifetime membership, mm -hmm. so you don't keep paying. It's not a membership program. You pay once, but you remain in the Facebook group for as long as you want, and and in the live classes for as long as you want. You have lifetime membership, and the the live class on Sunday is, uh, you know, since you can come anytime, any week, it's, it's very relaxed, very flexible. You can come every week if you like. You can come once a month. Uh, you can watch the recording of the class if you're not there live. Mm -hmm. so, so, yeah, it's, 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 it's a fun program. Anybody who's interested can contact me through my website. It's only open four times a year. Oh, okay. uh, so we, we have announcements on the site to talk about when the next one uh, will be open. The next one probably going to open in around a month, maybe two months. So we're still planning that. But anybody who's interested, just please, on my website, there's a contact form. Um, mm. and just, you know, I'd love to hear from, from your listeners anyway. So just say hello if you like. And if you're interested in the program, I can also tell you about it. Yeah, all right. Perfect. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Uh, and uh, so... So, uh, yeah, so we can maybe go to one of the final questions. And okay. the question is, uh, what would be your number one tip 
for English learners around the world? My number one tip for English learners around the world is to, I'm going to be repeating myself, <laughs> to get repetitive exposure and practice in a fun way with the language you most want and most need to use in your life. So I'll, I'll say that again, Get and then I'll explain it. Get repetitive exposure and practice in a fun way with the English language, the phrases, the sentences that you most want and most need to use yeah. in real life. So um, I've been talking about songs a lot, but let's talk about videos. So how about a movie that you love mm. um, and you know the movie well in your own language? Watch it in English, you know, and yeah. watch certain scenes over and over again. And especially scenes where, again, there's language that you want to use, some, yeah. some phrasal verb, some expression. Uh, because if you're enjoying it and you repeat it and you understand it, then without trying, without, I have to learn this, I have to study this, yeah. you will remember that language and you'll remember it with high accuracy uh, and you'll use it with high fluency because you've repeated it so many times. Uh, and what I would say that part of this tip is do not feel badly, do not feel negatively if you can't remember something you think you should remember. You know, you studied this. Why did I make a mistake? Why did this happen? Mm. Uh, don't feel badly because, of course, this happened. You did not read it enough times, you did not hear it enough times, you did not listen to it enough times. It's not your fault. Uh, so the idea of, well, I understand this English, you know, from studying it, from learning about it, I should be able to use it with accuracy and fluency. No, not until you get enough practice. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's doing the practice in a fun way and it's trying not to think negatively because mm. this will make you more stressed and, and your confidence will go down. Uh, you know, this, is, this would be my, my number one tip. Yeah, thank you very much, Ace. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I totally agree yeah. with you, you know. Uh, I, yeah, it's like... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> Good, I'm glad. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so uh, where, where can people find more about you and your work? The easiest thing is just my website, which is fluencymc.com. So if you remember my name, mm -hmm. fluencymc, it's just fluencymc.com. Uh, if you put fluencymc in Google, you should get a list of uh, places to find me that are the most useful, I think. So YouTube for my videos, Facebook. Uh, if you want to send me a message through Facebook or see what what I'm doing on Facebook. Uh, I'm very active on Instagram and Facebook, not as active on Twitter, but I am on, I am on Twitter as well. Um, but all of this, you could just access through my website. Uh, so I'd, I'd love it if your listeners went there and you can send me, uh, as I said, there's a contact form. It's just an email right to me. Yeah. So if you just want to say hi, uh, you know, you heard the, heard the interview and just want to say hello, or if you have, a specific question, then um, please write to me. I, I love receiving messages and I reply to everybody. Oh, perfect. Thank you very much, Jace. Oh, thank you so much. 
Hey guys, this is Ivan again. Thank you very much for listening to our interview. I hope you had a great time. I would also like to thank Jace one more time for coming to the show and sharing his experience, knowledge and energy with us. So thank you, Jace. And for all of you listening who found Jason's work inspiring and interesting, head on to his website. You can access it using a special affiliate link which we prepared with Jace for you shortly after the interview was recorded. Uh, the link is englishthesmartway.com forward slash fluencymc. And that, that is spelled out englishthesmartway.com forward slash f-l-u-e-n-c-y MC. Again, englishsmartway.com forward slash fluencymc. And this link will lead you directly to Jason's free weekly English workout sample. When you sign up there for free, you will get three video workouts from Jason's exclusive speaking practice program. You will get access to live classes twice a month for a limited period. So you can come to Jason's live online classes to practice English with him and other students. And you will also get access to the Fluency MC songbook, which includes the lyrics to all 36 of Jason's songs you can listen to on his YouTube channel. So you can basically sing along Jason's songs and have some fun. So yeah, if you found this interesting, check out englishthesmartway.com forward slash Fluency MC and uh, tell me what you think. Oh, and also, you can find all the show notes and links mentioned in this episode at englishthesmartway.com forward slash session 7. Again, englishthesmartway.com forward slash session 7. Alright, thanks again for listening and I wish you a very nice day. Enjoy English. Bye.